Just cut. <laughs> Some free tile, bro. Welcome back to the Emissions Uncovered podcast with me, Dominic, and the other hosts, me and Michael. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash AUPod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free audiobook and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash AUPod to get started today. Today, we will talk about supplemental college application essays what they are, why they are important, what types there are, and how to approach them. So the first thing we wanted to just explain are what are supplements. And so if you apply on the Common App, there will be an additional section called the Writing Supplement. And many schools will ask for an additional essay, or as the name implies, a supplemental essay, to your big Common App essay. Um, The Common App essay is 650 words maximum. These supplements are typically shorter. Um, typically 100 words, 150 words, 300 words. Sometimes, for example, the University of Pennsylvania gives you 500 words, and that's the longest I've seen so far. So you can usually find these supplements that he he mentioned on the on each school's website. So you can just go to, for example, as uh, Michael mentioned, UPenn's website, and they'll usually have their supplemental essays. But you should be aware that each year these supplemental essays can change. So they usually aren't released until around August or something like that. So you can look at the past ones, but make sure that you find the most updated ones on the on the school's website when they release them. And the reason why schools have supplements is that they're get trying to get you to explain a different part of yourself. So some of the examples that we're going to go into show this. Like, for example, there's going to be an extracurricular supplement that many ask that will ask you to talk a little bit more about one specific extracurricular that was important to you. Um, So these supplements are different than your common app in that they ask you to talk about a different part of yourself. The key thing is that you do not want to repeat. You do not want to repeat. When do they have to be turned in? So the due date for supplements is the same day as your application is due. So typically regular decision, January 1st, early decision, early action, November 1st. There's an important nuance here, which is that on the Common App, for sure, oftentimes schools will separate the Common App with your biographical information, your list of extracurricular activities, your honors, your Common App essay, um, and separate that stuff from the writing supplements that are specific to their school. And so oftentimes you can turn them in separately. So you can turn in your Common App first and then turn in your writing supplement later. Um, as long as both items are turned in before the due date, you should be fine. I don't really see a reason to turn them in at different times, but if you want to do that, you can. Now we're going to discuss different types of supplemental essay topics. Although there's a wide variety of different essays for each of the schools who have supplements, they do fall under distinct categories, and we're going to talk about those now and how you can approach them. So one of the most common ones is, why do you want to come to this school? Why did you pick this school? So, for example, Brown has one where it's really simple. It's just, why Brown and why the Brown curriculum? So you basically just talk about why you want to go there, what interests you about Brown. And this supplement shouldn't be too hard because you should already be thinking about these questions as you're picking the school. So it would be good if you go really specific and show that you did a lot of research on why you want to go to this school. And honestly, just be be honest and use the reasons that you've already considered when you're picking the school. And so it's important to not just talk about the school, but also yourself 
what you are interested in the school, why you are interested in a particular school's program, and not just to brag about the school. Like, Brown knows that Providence is a nice city, and they have a really great public policy program. Why do you want to use those programs? How will you engage with those programs? When you get to school, why will you choose to do those programs? How will you use these programs? How will you change those programs and make them the better? And so, you know, that type of strategy is, I think, best exemplified in one of Harvard's suggested supplemental prompts. One of those suggested prompts is, what would you bring to the school? And so I know Dominic is uh, looking into applying to Harvard. So what are you thinking about that prompt, Dominic? Um, as far as what I bring to the school, I definitely kind of have to sit down and think about that because um, if you guys don't already know, the supplement is a big part of your essay and it's kind of where, or your application rather, and is where you can show off parts of yourself that aren't already in the Common App. So what I would do, because I'm attacking the Common App first, I would probably look through my Common App and see what parts of myself I think are important to the to the admissions committee and which of those parts I didn't best um, show off in my common app. So for example, if I spend a lot of my common app talking about one of my extracurriculars, I think I would kind of talk about another one and how it's helped to balance me. Um, but personally, I think I just am a balanced person. Um, I definitely do have my areas where I like areas of expertise, if you will. But I think that uh, being well-rounded to a point is very important. So I'd like to convey that. Yeah. And when I applied to Harvard, the I think I used a very similar uh, suggested essay topic that specifically mentioned Harvard's mission of training servant leaders or the next generation of political leaders, I think the text might be. And I did, I decided to take a little bit of a risk with this one and uh, it clearly did not pay off. So Fair warning. Um, so I talked about how I really liked Star Trek and Star Wars um, and how like those were things that, while I didn't like most pop culture, those were the things that stood out to me as really amazing works of fiction, amazing movies, amazing cultural artifacts or whatever. And so I used that to talk about what I would do when I got to Harvard, how I would change Harvard. And I talked about how, you know, the problem with politics today is that either one, we condescend to people as if they don't know what they're talking about, like what old politicians do to young people who um, have seen their schools shot up and want action, or, you know, old people telling, oh, kid, work harder to pay for college, those types of condescending things. Or the second way we see politics happens is that we don't actually talk to each other. We talk about each other among like-minded groups. And so my point was in that essay is that we could use things like Star Trek and Star Wars, common pop cultural themes, to try to get around those stumbling blocks in political conversations. So, you know, Star Trek particular tackles a lot of these um, contemporary ethical and political issues. There was this one scene where there was this planet that was super undeveloped, you know, living as a hunter-gatherer society. And when one of the characters beamed down to the planet and they were just doing some scouting, they interfered with something. They actually helped one of the people on the planet who were injured. And because it was such an un you know, undeveloped society, they were not the medicine to help that person. And so the person who's beamed down from the spaceship helped that person and they beamed back happy with themselves. They, you know, saved a life and then they come back and then the society is completely different. Now that person who helped the injured planet person is now being worshipped as a god 
and governments have formed around this pseudo-god, and there are big sacrifices to her and big punishments in her name. And so I use that to, as an example of how you know there are unintended consequences to foreign aid, to our ability to help, to our colonialism, uh, the United States places of the police in the world. And so by talk, talking in terms of Star Trek, I didn't have to talk about colonialism. Like We already have preconceived ideas about what we think the United States should be doing because of how we were raised our cultural backgrounds. But I think we can all look at that Star Trek episode and gain something up, that there are unintended consequences to us trying to help. So that was my long-winded answer for how I answered that question. Also, besides you telling why you want to go to the school, a lot of times they'll ask you what you want to major in and why you decided to pick the major that you declared on your common app. And sometimes even if you declare undecided, they also have a prompt on in general, what what do you want to study? What are your interests? So that even though you don't declare a major, you still kind of explain what you're interested in. One specific example of a supplemental essay that might ask you this is also from Brown University. And they ask, why are you drawn to the area of study you indicated earlier in this application? If you're undecided or not sure which Brown concentrations match your interests, Consider describing more generally the academic topics or modes of thought that would engage you currently. So one way that you can approach this topic is, of course, saying what you want to major in, what you declared, but also what they really want to know about is you and why you're interested in this topic. So you can present maybe a a memorable anecdote about something related to this topic and why it excites you. So, Ni, nee, how do you think people should write this why major essay? If I were going to write this, I think I would approach it by, as I said, mentioning a specific experience or like a moment of realization that made me really interested in the major that I would want to decide. So maybe this one camp that I went to or an activity that I did over the summer that I was really interested in. And then from that, how it mo- led me or motivated me to pick this major and kind of what the experience brought to me and why I want to continue it in the future. Right, because what's important is not why the major in the abstract is important. It's also about why you are interested in it, and more importantly, how you have demonstrated that interest, how you have in your extracurricular activities shown your interest, or what in your cultural background made you really want to study that issue. Like, you know, for example, if you're an African-American, what part of your racial identity, how society has treated that racial identity made you want to study, for example, uh, African-American studies or you know, critical race theory or something like that. In addition to listing majors, you're also able to list a minor on some of these uh, supplemental applications. For example, on the Princeton supplement, they have certificate programs, which is the equivalent of a minor at Princeton. And here you can list uh, minor programs that you're interested in on most or all of these applications. They're not binding in any way. You can just kind of show the people who you're applying what you're interested in. And these minor programs are a great way to list off things that you're interested in, but something that you're not planning on uh, devoting your whole life to. So let's say, for example, you want to major in economics, but you want to have a minor in jazz studies because you just your favorite music is jazz. That's a good way to give off another portion of your character that you might not be able to put into your common app. And I gotta say, like, all these Ivy League schools, they can't major or minor in something. You must concentrate and get a certificate <laughs> in them. <laughs> um, but, you know, another big question that a lot of people ask, and I think a big misconception, 
is a lot of people think that it's easier to get into a school if you have a more rare major. Like it's easier to get in school if you study Slavic studies rather than economics because they have to fill slots for the Slavic studies department. Department, Otherwise, the teachers and professors get cut. And I don't know why I always use Slavic studies as the example as the of the rare random major, <laughs> but apparently that's the one I chose. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Choosing a common major that you're interested in versus a rare one that you have no care in the world for. So I've, I've actually heard a few cases where I think it was someone that applied to, it was either Columbia or another Ivy League school, and she did like history or something, but like really specific. And she ended up getting in, and then in the end, she switched over to like bio or something like that because she wanted to do pre-med. So I guess that approach works, but like, why would you really do that? You should apply, I think you should apply for the the major that you actually want to do and not worry too much about it being like, a so-called generic one. Yep. I think that no matter which um, department you put on your common application, it's not going to decide whether you get in or don't get into the school. That's I don't think that's going to be the one thing it comes down to. So go ahead and put what you're interested in studying. If it is Slavic language and literatures, and you either know a Slavic language and you study Slavic literature, or you're just very interested in that and your extracurriculars would show that, then it'd be great to include on there because that's going to be so unique from all the other people applying. But don't just go on here and put that in, for example, like classics, instead of what your actual intended interest is. And, you know, the much more practical reason why is because colleges care that you've demonstrated an interest in that major. And if you just choose, like, Slavic studies out of your butt, and you have no evidence to prove (laughs) that you're interested in Slavic studies... Slavic culture, Slavic literature, or even like non-American cultures, and they're going to laugh in your face and they're going to be like, this essay sucks. Your application makes no sense. You know, back to our discussion of the essay, this application and all parts of it should be a narrative, should be a story, should be like your your life summary. And your life summary doesn't make sense is if everything in your path points to you majoring in a very generic degree like economics and you instead put, you know, Siberian studies this time. <laughs> oh you know, it gosh. just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. But what would you guys do to if you were to major in a common major, what would you do to make that why major essay stand out a little bit? Because it is true that it's harder to if everybody's majoring in economics to you know, uniquify your specific interest in economics. Yeah. So for example, I'll take this one because I do have an interest in studying economics right now. We'll see how macro goes next year. <laughs> senior year. Fair. But right now economics is kind of at the top. And I think if I do have to do a Y major essay for one of these schools and I still think about doing economics then, kind of talk about my extracurriculars, for example, a couple of my side businesses, right? I've always been fascinated with the economics portion of it. And even with this podcast, like I'm always ready to kind of jump on the business side of things. Um, that's just kind of the person that I am. And if I'm able to show that off in the essay, I think I would be able to make a compelling case why I would want to be in that major. But I don't think I could do the same for Slavic studies. So if there is an essay there, I think it's just better to pick the one that you're interested in because you're going to be able to best do an essay on what you're interested in. And they care much more about the essay than which intended major you pick with no binding portion to it. Yeah, 
admissions counselors know and they actively reassure students that it's okay for them to change their major. So if they say that and they present statistics about how like 70% of college kids come into college and graduate with different intended majors, then it's fairly clear that this is not something they give an entire world's weight to, especially Ivy League schools that the first year is like gen ed or the liberal arts curriculum, where they're designed to give students who haven't had a taste of some subjects a taste of it. And they expect that the result of that liberal arts education is that you might change your mind about your interests. If you've never read Shakespeare, you read it for the first time, realize you love the (laughs) classics for some reason, maybe you'll major in classics instead of Siberian studies. Who knows? Yeah, so like Michael like Michael was saying, just say what you actually want to do. Don't try to lie to make yourself look better. Because honestly, all these admission counselors have read thousands of essays, of applications, and they most likely will be able to see right through you. So you don't want to resort to those methods to try to get you in. And you should just be honest and be true to yourself. Yeah, they know. They're smart. Trust me. People have probably tried. They, they've been reading more applications than you've ever written. <laughs> but yeah, what, what, what are some other types of uh, supplemental essays? All right, so another type of supplemental essays or portions of the supplement will be extracurriculars. So for example, on the Princeton application again, they have two short answer essays um, in addition to their longer essay of 500 words. Uh, one of their short answer essays is about your activities. So it reads, please briefly elaborate on one of your extracurricular activities or work experiences that was particularly meaningful to you. Uh, one trap that I see with this is a lot of kids will write about an extracurricular on their Common App, and that's probably going to be one, the one that was particularly meaningful to them. Do not come in here and write about the same activity, uh, because for the most part, you probably gave off what you were trying to say in your 650-word Common App application essay than you can in your 150-word activity essay. So just kind of talk about another extracurricular activity or maybe some work experience uh, that you had. And then also they have a essay about your summer or your past two summers. So the, the essay topic reads, please tell us how you have spent the last two summers or vacations between school years, including any jobs you have held. And this is a good time to talk about how, because, you know, most kids will go on their summer and not do much the entire summer and they just kind of waste that time. But these schools are looking for people who, even when they don't have to be in school, this is another part about that. When the schools are trying to find the kids that aren't just doing school because they have to, but because they're interested. So if they take a course, let's say chemistry, and they really enjoyed chemistry, and then they went on during the summer on their own time, on their own merit, and got a chemistry internship, that shows that they're deeply involved in the subject and they're probably going to want to do research. That's the type of kid that the school wants. So you don't have to be in chemistry. But if you were, let's say you really like business and your intended major is economics and you spent your summers running a business or working at your parents' store, that's a great way to show that you didn't waste this time and that um, you are you know, actively working to better yourself. And it's not too late to go ahead and get started on this. Um, you're not going to have to say specifically which summer you did this stuff in. So if you know, you're know you a rising senior and you're panicking about this essay or a, a topic like this, or if you're in an interview and you get asked this question, even if you're not applying to, let's say, Princeton, um, it's important that you kind of have these things thought out. And you know, I would say if you don't have anything to talk about this, you only get 150 words, so it doesn't have to be a whole essay. But make sure that you have something that you can talk about to show that you didn't waste your time. Um, and it's, it's important to remember that Often, the why major, why school, extracurricular activity essays are 
150 words, 200 words. They're very, very short essays. So you shouldn't feel the need to write a you know, five-paragraph essay with a thesis, three supporting paragraphs, and a conclusion. It's the way we've been taught in school, but I think we've been wrongly served by being you know, beaten into the notion that all essays must look like this. Because I think you'll notice as you work through these supplements and as you work through the Common App, that doesn't make sense for narrative-type essays that are not about you know, a thesis that school lunches should be tastier or whatever with three supporting points that are a story. And specifically for these 150-word essays, they're short, so you don't have time to do it. Um, so you often have to uh, focus in on a specific part of the extracurricular major or school that interests you rather than you know, everything about it. For the extracurricular supplement in particular, a really good place to start is to go to your like activity section on the Common App where you list all your extracurriculars and internships like that. And we know in the Common App you only get a box to write a few sentences about your extracurricular. But if one of those extracurriculars are really me- is really meaningful to you, that you have a really strong connection with, that you've been doing, I don't know, since you were six or something like that, this could be the perfect chance to elaborate on your extracurricular activity, how it's shaped you, how how interested you are in it, to show the school that you're really committed to something and that you're truly passionate about something. And so, for example, what I did for many of my extracurricular activities was debate, since I did I changed schools to do debate. I traveled nationally for debate a whole bunch. I spent way too much of my time and way too much of the hours I was supposed to be sleeping cutting cards and researching and doing debate work. So debate was a big part of my life. But the way I made it not just about the activity and the way I made it about me and why the activity made me a better person is that I cited a specific example of what I didn't that act that activity. So in my application to UVA, I mentioned how you know debate taught me to think from both sides and be an agonist to you know, not try to shut people out of a conversation, but to have the conversation and to convince. Them. And that's that's not just like a you know for college essays thing. That's something that like I actually believe. And so you know, for people who think that all college essays are fluff and narrative and spin, um, I think people who think that uh, have deprived themselves of the last four years. Because if you've actually done important things to you. These essays aren't fluff. They're real moments of inspiration that you've had, hopefully. Yeah, so what Michael mentioned was actually a really good tip of using like a specific example of something you did in the extracurricular activity. Because you got to keep in mind you only have 150 words. So you really should avoid really general sentences like, I really liked doing this extracurricular activity. Cite a specific example or specific instances when you were involved in that extracurricular so that the school gets to know more about you and who you are and how that extracurricular made you who you are. So as you should keep in mind, as we mentioned throughout this podcast, that it's all about you and these supplements are for the school to get to know you better. Um, and sometimes if you have a bit more space, so for example, Vanderbilt gives a 500 word extracurricular essay. Um, you can uh, talk about it more, but it doesn't need to be the five-paragraph structure. It can be an anecdote. It can focus in on a story and use that as the launching point. Um, and this is the same thing for the Y School essay. Um, if you if you have 150 words, then you need to focus in on one thing about the school that you're interested in and explain why you're interested in that part of the school. But if you have 650 words, you can write a story. 
for example, about a day in the life on campus, um, a day in the life of a student at Cornell or whatever, this extracurricular activity. You can talk about the day in the life of debater. You wake up at 6 a.m. and do speaking drills. You go to school and think about um, the you know, the nuances of immigration policy. And then when you get home, you stay up till 2 a.m. Googling random things, getting flagged by the NSA because you're Googling handguns a whole bunch. Um, so I think actually, like, I think I should have done that, like a day in the life of a debater. I think that's actually a very, very good idea. So if you're a debater out there, use that idea. <laughs> credit Michael. Yeah, credit Michael. Or go to Gowd Missions if you need help writing that essay. Gowdmissions.com. Shameless self-plug. Another section of college application supplements is, for lack of a better term, speed dating questions or short answer questions from schools. For example, with the Princeton uh, supplements again, uh, all these supplements that we mentioned will be in the show notes below for you to follow along. And if you're not on the website, admissionsuncovered.com has show notes under the podcast where you can follow along with us. But I'm using the Princeton one a lot because it offers a wide variety of bits and pieces that different applications have. So it's good for using as a holistic example. But for example, they ask for a few details. That's the title of the section. And for some of these are your favorite book and its author, your favorite website, your favorite recording, your favorite source of inspiration, your favorite line from a movie or book and its title, your favorite movie, two adjectives your friends would use to describe you, your favorite keepsake or momento, and your favorite word. Um, although these are a few word answers or maybe a sentence or two at most, these can be pretty hard to answer because some of these you just have no idea. For example, I know myself, I don't know my favorite line from a movie or book and its title. I mean, I would just probably have to be thinking about that while I was applying to school, and if it came up, that's what I would probably use. So I'm glad that I've been looking at these now so that I can think about it. But that's something that you guys should start thinking about because when these come up or you're in an interview and you get put on you get put on the spot, you're going to have to be able to answer it somehow. And it's better to be prepared than to come up with some answer that you regret later and that you blame for not getting into a school. So Michael, knowing that you went through this process and did this specific application, how would you advise people attacking these types of questions? I like that you said, like, uh, don't blame it for why you're not getting into a school. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right, so... If you haven't noticed already, like I'm not very hip with the pop culture bros. <laughs> Oh, um, so my my i try to get him to be more hip but he just you did he rejected you me. did it, it was a good effort but you know broski yeah. it's not gonna work home dog <laughs> nope <laughs> we're gonna give you the hype these shirts man you're gonna be balling out at columbia <laughs> balling out oh my god anyways um so i had a lot of trouble with these because they're like what's your favorite movie uh princeton asked what's your favorite music uh soundtrack or whatever and i had to like google the generic like what is a generic tv soundtrack and found a song that i remembered <laughs> so it, it was definitely very hard for me uh, but i have heard some good ones uh one at the usc scholarship award thing was that uh, one of the supplements was the first word the second word and the third word and some person put bolder than beyonce bolder than beyonce which i thought was a really uh, funny pop culture-y uh, makes you more human type thing and also very witty so good on her and for princeton uh one of the speed dating questions is your favorite line from a movie or book in its title now dominic and Nee made fun of me when they saw this in the uh, document but i think it's a very good quote okay so i actually like it it's pretty good i gotta say i think you would agree with it so here's the quote quote 
the aim of democratic politics is to construct the them in such a way that it is no longer perceived as an enemy to be destroyed, but as an adversary. That is, somebody whose ideas we combat, but whose right to defend those ideas we do not put into question. From Chantal Mouffe, a Belgium democratic theorist, great person, great, great philosopher, uh, from her book, Democratic Paradox. And, all right, so I know it's long, I know it's kind of wordy, but in my defense, like, A, I do believe it, and B, this is the central piece of literature I spent my entire debate career working on. So, there you go. Yep. I mean, as as somebody who knows Michael, um, I think it kind of shows what we're trying to get at here about showing off your character in these applications. So for Michael, you know, he's a debater and he's, you know, looking into politics or something with, uh, you know, focusing on the democratic paradox, if you would, from what this is from. <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't give off, you know, you don't want to go in there and give off all of your political beliefs. Right, Because right. you're just playing, you're just... You're just treading dangerously there. I mean, you're, you you have no clue who's reading your application. And th- so this is a very neutral statement, but it also uh, shows that he, you know, he understands what he's reading because this, you know, to somebody who doesn't know anything about politics, this is kind of deep. And it shows that he's put in the time and research into looking into politics and debate and all that he's done. So I think that this is a good example of what we're trying to get at. And, you know, one, I think one potential downfall of this is like obviously this is wordy and not um like what you'd see on a presidential debate stage especially not from our current leadership but you know whatever um but you know another downside of this is that if you put in like a very academic quote people might think that oh well this kid just copy and pasted it from somewhere i don't think it's true for this one because chantal mouffe is actually not that well known as a democratic theorist outside the realm of political philosophy the big names are you know john rawls and like neo-kantians like that um and typically not chantal mouffe who is i think much less well known but definitely more correct than the two uh, the two i named so i think there's that and it's also that if the uh inhibitions officers googled this quote it wouldn't be on like goodreads.com or best quotes about democracy you know this it, it it would be it would be in like a Google Books format. So this is obscure enough that it shows that I actually read the book. So if you're going to quote something academic like this and you decide to go with something somebody famous, like if you chose to quote Kant or you know Mills or like Nietzsche or whatever, then Gandhi, you Gandhi, then you want to make sure that it isn't a quote that everybody cites. It isn't a quote that you find on cool quotes about freedom.com or whatever you know so just think through it a little bit i i think that these are very short ones but i still spent way too long agonizing over them so are you only allowed to write that quote down like do you get to explain why it's your favorite quote or anything no explanation no it's a it's a speed date you don't have time so that's it yeah so for example one of these that you could kind of work into your favorite keepsake or memento for example, I have a necklace that I got from a service project that I did, but they wouldn't understand, you know, if I just said necklace from service project. So I could say, you know, necklace given to me for this, right. and it would kind of show that off. But you don't want to write another hundred words under this. These are just supposed to be quick little facts about yourself that dive deep into your character so that the emissions officer can really see who you are and not just you know, what you gave through. Right, right. Like there's a reason why these are called short answer or quick answer type questions. You're not supposed to give explanation, which is interesting. Yeah. But, this section is even called details. 
So they are yeah. very slight facts about yourself that they just want to know that could help separate you from the rest of the people. So try to show off who you and are. And so, you know, we've spent, I think, the most time on this. I think so. Don't underestimate it. Uh, I underestimated it and it was bad. I spent a lot of time on the essays, but these short answer questions, like I didn't care about too much until it was the last part of the application I uh, completed. And I think I, I would have benefited from starting the process on these questions earlier. Just because they're short does not mean they are easy. After being asked for your favorite book by Princeton and having a slight panic attack, calm down because our sponsors at Audible have your back. Thanks to Audible's sponsorship of the Emissions Uncovered podcast, you can discover your favorite book with your free 30-day trial membership. Audible offers an unmatched collection of audiobooks, allowing you to explore all, all of your interests. Best of all, you don't have to sit down and ugh, read. Instead, just listen to the soothing tones of Audible's narrators when you're exercising, walking to school, or trying to ignore a very annoying teacher. Just go to audibletrial.com slash aupod with the link right below the podcast to claim your free 30-day trial today. Thank you for supporting your Missions Uncovered hosts, and now we return you to regularly scheduled podcast. So kind of while we're on the topic of these short answer questions, that not every... Keep in mind, not every school for their supplement has these short answer questions. As you can see, they're not really like the other generic ones. They're more specific or kind of to see your creative side. So while we're on this, Michael, can you comment on the U Chicago supplements? Because I know they're famous for being a little weird, like really different. A little weird. Okay, a lot of weird. (laughs) Thumbs down. Awful. Can you give some examples? They've gotten less weird, I think, over the years, but before my year, there's yeah. this question about um, what's so odd about odd numbers. Oh. <laughs> so it's like these like kind of funny, like punny type Quirky. things that you need to have deep answers for somehow. So for example, UChicago was one of the first schools to release their new supplement essays for this year. Uh, one of them that I'll read off, they have uh, five essay topics each year, and then they have an optional one where you can pick an older essay prompt that they use or use your own. And they say, take a little risk and have fun. Uh, I would say that if you're going to pick one that's not from the five that they would suggest for the year, it should probably be pretty good um, just because, you know, you're you're widening your essay topic pool from five to a hundred. But for example, one of the ones this year, it says in 2015, the city of Melbourne, Australia created a tree mail service in which all the trees in the city received an email address so that residents could report any tree-related issues. As an unexpected result, people began to mail their favorite trees sweet and occasionally humorous letters. Imagine this has been expanded to any object, tree or otherwise, in the world, and share with us the letter you'd send to your favorite. I'm so glad I don't (laughs) have to do this again. I'm so glad. Yeah, I... I read through the ones that Michael had to do last year, and I actually had a couple ideas. Those were more tame, yeah. Wasn't there, like, a fire, water, or yeah. one, like, something like that? Mm, yeah, so, like, uh, we typically associate fire, water, earth, and wind as, like, the elements of the world. What are a group of four things that you would oh, combine yeah. together? Yeah. I feel like if you could come up with, the, like, a really clever one, it would be, like, the perfect essay, but, like, the whole thing with, like... Yeah, I couldn't. I was... <clears throat> would you end up doing... There was this quote from the New York Times that fashion is your armor, and the question is, what is your armor? Um, I obviously did not ask uh, answer the question about fashion, because basically every day to school I wore t-shirt, slacks because of dress code, and tennis shoes. So. Signature. That's right, Michael. We'll take care of you. We're going to hype beast you up. 
don't even worry. Please don't use that phrase. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Hype beast, please. Um, But I wrote about how silence was my armor, which potentially wasn't the best choice because Chicago is known as like the nerdy awkward school and they might want to get away from that. But, you know, I decided to be the nerdy awkward kid. Um, But like I talked about how silence was my armor. I wake up early in the mornings. I used to at least. And it was all silent and I got so much work done and I could be alone with my thoughts. I could listen to podcasts. It was great. And then when school started, everything was hectic and I I didn't know anything. Here was the kicker part, right? In a debate round, we spend the entire part talking. And then at the end, um, we have nothing left to say. There's only silence or something. It was more poetic than that. I actually think that debate paragraph was excellent. Um, But it was about how I approached silence and how it comforted it me in different in different ways in different moments i actually like the essay but you know whatever wow. one of my finer works <laughs> what to your horn it is like i've written bad supplements for example my columbia supplement was bad but i still got in so there you go how long should you spend on your supplements? you should spend very long on your supplements uh you know the common app is sent to every school so it is important but but you gotta understand that each school also in evaluates their individual applications. So if you don't spend time on your supplements, you've deprived yourself of a third of the application, if not more. So treat them more importantly than a lot of people do. A lot of people, including me. Yeah. Um, This is why you should start early. Well, I did. Like I spent so much time on my Common App and my Common App was very, very good. But because I didn't do much of the supplements, I had like 10 supplements left over winter break. Plus the plus the supplements for the schools I just threw threw in at the last second. Bad life choices. This is what you should not do. So my winter break um, <laughs> was not a break from anything. It was pretty awful. Like I remember New Year's Eve. Like oh yay the ball dropped. Back to my room. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was pretty awful. So don't be like Michael. Don't be like Save Michael. your winter break. You're gonna want that as senior year. You just finished the first semester. You're gonna about to come down with a huge case of senioritis. You don't have to stress about supplements. You don't want to stress about supplements. Trust me. You have enough to stress about at that point because then you got to think about financial aid, interviews, scheduling interviews. Whoa. Also, keep in mind, don't apply to twenty schools like Michael did. Okay. Well, I if you have time, do it. If you know you're gonna procrastinate, then don't. Or if you're willing to have a miserable winter break for lots of nice acceptance letters to make you feel good, and also lots of offers to fly out to their schools, (laughs) apply to 20 schools. Or just get ahead and, you know, block it out. Apply early, get in, and then you're fine. Yeah. That's the dream. It is the dream. It definitely was the dream for me. Like December, (laughs) mid-December, you get an acceptance letter, Christmas, New Year's, and then the rest of senior year. That's the life. It is the life. It is the life. Michael, you did uh, you did Princeton earlier. Right? Yes, I did. All right, hypothetically, right? If you would have gotten in, do you think you would have applied to the other places or no? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't have applied okay. to all 20. Like, I would have dropped off, like, some of the middling schools I applied to. Yeah. Like, USC, for example, because I didn't really want to go to USC. I just applied because merit-based scholarships. But I would still have applied to all the Ivies plus some of the other schools that were in my, good in my area, like Georgetown, just to give myself options. Like I'm, I'm 92% sure I would choose Princeton over Georgetown, probably closer to like 98.5%. But you know, so specific options, options. He's a calculated individual. 
But that did not happen, so did not have to worry about that decision. Another one of the so-called generic supplements or one of the more common supplements that you'll see is going to be one that's going to ask you about your background, the community that you were raised in. So for example, Browns is, we all exist within communities or groups of various sizes, origins, and purposes. Pick one and tell us why it is important to you and how it has shaped you. So this one is actually really similar to one of the common app prompts that asks you about a background or interest that you feel your application wouldn't be complete without. So basically, you just want to share your story about where you grew up or the community that you grew up in, how it has made you become the person um, you are today, what you've learned from it, how how it's personal to you and sets you apart from other people because everyone's going to have a different story, a different um, experience. So you want to take this chance to really talk about you as we've mentioned throughout all these supplements and really let the school know about you because this is the perfect supplement and it's opening up for you to talk about yourself. And so what Nee, what do you think you're going to write for this one? Because I know you traveled around a lot. So I, I was wondering how you might incorporate that into this prompt. Yeah, so I was actually born in Vietnam and I moved here when I was really young and kind of just talking about how being a child in a brand new country, especially one like the U.S., as you know, a lot of people, a lot of like nowadays, there's a lot of talk about like immigrants coming here and that whole debate. So kind of just like how I try to adapt in this com- like new community, how there's certain characteristics of myself that was formed because of that, like how I'm resilient because I did have to go through some such a big change when I was young. So just something along those lines about how a a big part of myself was shaped because of that. What about you, Dominic? What would you write for background or community? All right. So as a person who did not move around like you did, I only went to California for six years and came back. So my, my story is not as special as needed. <laughs> but what I would do for this and what I plan on doing for the uh, Apply Texas prompt where it kind of talks about your background or community, and you can see that this is fairly similar to the Common App essay prompt number one. And then also, if you're in Texas, the Apply Texas prompt or if you're applying to Texas. And I'm sure there is one for California or your state ones as well. But what I've come to realize is I don't have a special, you know, like growing up story where I moved here and, you know, did my own thing. And there's a lot of people that have their own special stories for that and they'll be writing about it. And they'll be, they'll be able to give their own personal spin on it. But I just can't do that. You know, I'll say, hey, I grew up, I have a dog, <laughs> got a brother that annoys me. Like, that's literally the story. So what... What I plan on doing and what I recommend to people in a pretty similar situation as my brother stares me down, um, (laughs) I would say to pick a background or community from extracurricular activity. For example, I'm very big into scouting. So I have a whole scouting background where I, although, you know, I was picked up from Texas and moved out to California back in pre-K, you know, right when I was going to be getting into scouting, uh, that's where I kind of found a big friend group. And then right when I was done with Cub Scouts and going into Boy Scouts with all of my friends that I had there, I had to move back um, at the end of fourth grade. And while that's such a big change from you know California to Texas, uh, and, and I had to do it again after I had severed ties with all my friends in Texas and then made new ones in California and then moved back, which I don't regret. But then you wouldn't be doing this podcast. And what would you do without this podcast? Dude, life would be so different. <laughs> I don't know. 
I know what I'd be doing. I don't even think I'd be applying to the places I was, but that's a whole different story. Oh. <laughs> um, but scouting was kind of like the one thing that I guess did constant. Like there, there were sports. I would say sports, mm-hmm. but you know, a sports team is just a sports team. But the the scouting program and mission and movement is all the same. And it's united on the same thing. You know, you don't find that in sports teams. So I think that that was kind of what was important to me. And I grew up in that thing. And a lot of the closest friends that I have are from scouting. So I think it's definitely like is a part of me, a large portion of me, probably more than anything else as a person. So that's what I would pick there. So if, for example, if one of you is really big into soccer and you played soccer your whole life and you went on to state and national championships, and, you know, you just couldn't imagine a life without soccer. I mean, that definitely has shaped you. And that's something that you would be able to write about in your essay. You know, I, I was in a very similar situation to Dominic. I was born in Dallas, Texas. We moved north to Richardson, Texas. Then we moved north again to Allen, Texas. And oh, that's a big move. I know. I know. <laughs> Crossing borders. Oh, you know me. You know? right? So city limits, man, let me tell you. And so like I wrote an essay about how the suburbs were boring or whatever. And it was like not great because every suburban kid says the suburbs are boring <laughs> and not diverse or whatever. Every liberal suburban kid says the suburbs are all white and stuff. And so it wasn't the best choice on my part. I think one thing that I should have done and what, you know, people in Dominic's and I situation can do is that, you know, your movement, you know, how you've moved around or whatever, that does not need to be physical location. Your background, your community doesn't need to be physical backgrounds or communities. It can also be like, as Dominic mentioned, group social things, but also like mental things, mental context. So, you know, going back to the example as me as a debater, in the morning, my mental context is exhausted because the night before I spent hours cutting cards, which means doing research and finding evidence if you're not a debater. Um, and then during the day, my mental context is that I'm in a far, far away land where I'm winning tournaments and getting cool trophies, you know. And then when I am on the train, my mental uh, context is me tuning out all the other conversations happening because um, I want to finish this book before I leave the train. And when I get back home, my mental context is ignoring my parents asking me how my day was because i'm doing some debate thing or whatever you should not be afraid to go creative with these things as long as it is with limits because as a general tip not just for this essay but for all supplements and frankly the common up essay too is that do not let the prompt guide you if you don't have a good answer for the prompt make the prompt better write a story first and when you get the story Just make it fit within the context of the prompt. And so, you know, if you want to talk about debate, make a way for debate to fit in under that prompt. Like you wouldn't really think of debate as a place or debate as a background or debate as a, you know, debate as a background, but you can make it that way. I just did. And you can do that with whatever thing you want to. So the personal narrative comes first. The story comes first. And then you just change some words, change some phrasing to make it fit the prompt. But the story is the most important part. Yeah, so you should really try to think outside the box. If, if your first instinct, like maybe just growing up in a suburb was boring, you should try to think of other ideas. Like I actually read this one thing, and I think it's actually a really clever idea. Someone said you could write about you being a part of a community of every person who has ever read Harry Potter. So like, it's not... Oh, you, that's that's very good. That's Yeah, very so good. like, you don't have to know all these people, but it shows your interest. It's something that you're interested in. You're a part of 
this community and it could be a, you could really delve in to your love of Harry Potter, how it's made you fit in or something like that, which could be another take on the um, prompt. Or, you know, oh, going back to the Harry Potter thing, because I think that's a very interesting idea, um, because, like, more thematically, it speaks to um, having a community without actually knowing someone, like, being in communion, well, that's, like, a religious term, but being <laughs> in a community with, you know, someone in Zimbabwe, because both of you read Harry Potter, and how while there are borders, while there are racial, socioeconomic, cultural, linguistic communication barriers, you're still united by Harry Potter. There are still common threads of humanity that unite yourselves. So that is actually a very good idea. Very interesting idea. Man, I'm much better at college applications now that I don't have to do any more of them. Right? Because <laughs> you're like, oh... I wish I would have written about this. I didn't, but, like, this would be a really good idea, you know? Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. So to (laughs) plug again, galadmissions.com. We'd like to finish off this podcast with just a few extra comments or reiterations on your supplements. So, for example, if you're applying to a lot of these schools, make sure you have the time to do these. Make sure you make time. It's not terrible for you to want to apply to a bunch of schools, but just make sure that you're able to give – adequate time and resources as well as peer editing to your supplements because these are important. So if you, you know, don't spend as much time on one of them, you're probably not going to be admitted into the school because another kid out there took the full time as much as they did on the common application to do it. So not to say that's not impossible to apply to 20 schools. I did it. But just make sure, yeah, Michael did it, but just make sure that you're giving adequate time to each of your essays to be able to give yourself the best chance because there's no point in applying to a school if you're going to, you know, not spend as much time on the application right. and just knock it in because you're just wasting your application money and your time writing the essay. So make sure that you're trying for every school you're applying to. Um, another important thing to remember is that you want to convey parts of yourself that aren't in other parts of your application or to expound on something that was in the application but not actually explained that much. You can customize your application to the school because that's what supplements are. They're specific to the school, whereas the Common App essay is common to all schools. And so that's, I I think, a very important thing to remember is that if you go to, if you're applying to a school like MIT, that's more STEM heavy or Stanford, that's definitely more, you know, Silicon Valley, hippie dippy entrepreneur uh, ship oriented, then you should have supplements that, you know, talk about yourself in that light. You should tailor yourself to the school, especially in these supplements. Because you have that opportunity. So I've probably mentioned this a billion times. Um, just be you through all of these supplements. Be Stay true to yourself. Like how Michael used a quote that was very Michael, if you know him. That <laughs> maybe another person that's more like sarcastic definitely wouldn't want to use. So just make sure that your voice and the overall application is true to you. It's all coherent. It shows a side of you that you want the admissions office just to see that is you, you know? Because this is about you. You can be a narcissist. It's fine. And also just to reiterate, because this is so important, uh, Michael talked a little bit about it earlier, but do not repeat things from your comment. Yes. Uh, there's just, it's just a waste of the application, yes. basically. Yes, Because they're already, although you might write these essays differently, the school is going to get your entire common application, including the essay, as well as the entire supplement. So make sure that you're looking at your supplement I mean, uh, at your common application before you write these supplements, because you don't want to repeat something that you already talked about. 
And when you're looking at these prompts, you might have a great idea because you remembered a month ago you were writing about it in your common application. But there's no point in saying the same things again because there, if anything, the reader of your supplement is going to say, well, this kid is just focused on one thing in their life and we don't want a kid who's only focused on violin, right? A lot of musicians out there, they will, they will go home and practice violin, which is great. But if they write their sub, if they write their supplements and their common application essay about playing the violin, then the admissions committee is going to have questions about whether the kid does anything else. And if you don't give that off to them, they're not going to have an idea. I mean, last episode, Kevin Bai. I mean, I've known him since we were, you know, like eight years old. Like he's a very smart person, and he is really, really good at the violin. National Symphony Orchestra, All State. You know, like good, like amazing violinist, but. He himself said he was too spiked because it was all he could talk about, all he did. And, you know, he's at Northwestern, so he's doing fine. But just keep that in mind. Do not repeat yourself because if you are defined by one thing, then probably a boring person. And you are probably not a boring person. You probably are not defined by one. So bring that out. Right. Like put in perspective, you've gone through 18 years and the whole application yeah, is yeah. a few boxes, one 650 word essay and a few couple hundred word supplements you're bound to have enough stuff to write about and you probably you'll probably end up wanting to write about more and you just can't so make use of every spot that you have word limits are suckers well that wraps us up for our supplement podcast thank you so much for listening as always um we love you guys and thank you for your support we do have a patreon uh link right down below this podcast it's not required um at all but it does help support us to keep this going. You know, microphone upgrades are expensive and we would you know, like to be able to give off the best quality podcast that we can. So if you'd like to support us there, you can support us for as little as $1 podcast and then all the way up to anything you would like to contribute. It's all based on how much you want to do. The Patreon link is patreon.com slash admissions uncovered, as well as the Audible sponsorship that we talked about. That is a free 30-day trial. It's an Amazon company, so if you have an Amazon account, you can just log in that way. That link is going to be right down below this, too. The Patreon link is patreon.com slash uncovered. And then, as always, if you have any comments or questions for us, there's a comment section right below the show notes, and we will make sure to respond back to you. As always, thank you so much for listening. These have been your hosts, Dominic, Michael, and me. Why are my sound waves so small?